the big concern from everyone was desks. Was there going to be enough desks? And second of all was the changing your monitor settings. So every time you sit in a new desk, because you're hot desking, your monitor settings change. By the end of uh, the morning of day two, that issue was with the chief executive. <laughs> okay. By the end of day three, that issue had completely gone because everyone had changed their monitor settings three times and now knew how to do it. <laughs> so it was quite funny. And uh, we did warn them and they, they knew it was coming. Yeah. It was just, and also about day three, the, the people started getting used to the difference in spaces, what was activity-based working really was. And they just naturally started migrating throughout the office into different working spaces. You are listening to the Align Remotely podcast, the show dedicated to helping you lead distributed teams under difficult circumstances. I'm the host, Luke Shermer, and I've participated in or run distributed teams for almost a decade. As a practitioner, I'm speaking with experts on leadership, strategic alignment, and remote work to help you navigate the issues you start facing after you get your working from home gear sorted. Today on the podcast, we're speaking with James Newson. Uh, James grew up in rural Taranaki, New Zealand. He left the farming life to travel the world and now lives in the UK with his wife, three kids, and an oversized rescue dog. He got into technology by doing a vocational Microsoft course and worked his way up to project management. And uh, there he started a niche IT consultancy called Samsung IT that specializes in delivering outsourcing and flexible working projects. And the reason uh, I wanted to bring him on the podcast is to talk about remote and distributed work from the technical perspective of a head office, because that's not necessarily something that uh, I know that much about, but I know it's absolutely critical in terms of getting uh, remote teams working. Um, he also has a really good sense of what hybrid work could look like uh, in the future after this whole COVID mess is over. Uh, so let's tune in and find out uh, what he has to say. Before all this hit, how would you describe what you do for companies at Samsung IT? So broadly, the main function of Samsung IT when I stood it up and created it was to help businesses partner with the best IT service providers based on their needs. And so we help them select the right partner. We transition them uh, to help them with the transition project and also provide ongoing support, sort of vendor management support, should they need it. But we sort of transitioned from doing that sort of work, and it started about three years ago, with helping businesses with activity-based working projects, helping them with the IT deliverables that make their staff more flexible and can work remotely and adopt new sort of uh, new working cultures and behaviours. And so that's like the, you know, there's sort of digital workplace technologies and remote working, looking very much at the desktop and bringing forward, you know, space management technologies as well. And so we've sort of slowly transitioned across. I've got two different projects um, sort of wrapping it, well, going on at the same time. And one's very much traditionally renewing an existing customer with his existing IT service provider and doing the old traditional sense of IT work but also helping a, a customer transition to activity-based working. How are you defining activity-based working? I know the term activity-based costing from an accounting perspective, but what does activity-based working mean? 
Yeah, so activity-based working, really it's about offering different working spaces uh, for your employees to work in. So it's no longer just an allocated desk per person and you squeeze as many desks into a space as you can and therefore squeeze as many people into the space as you can. It's all about providing desk working environments, the right sort of meeting rooms and meeting environments and sort of open collaboration spaces where you can you know, get up and, and take your team off to a table somewhere and, and collaborate and, or, you know, or, or sit, sit in a quiet space and have a one-to-one with a colleague. So it's, it's really, it's putting the responsibility back on the employee to say, you're in charge of your day, you choose the space where you want to work from, and, and these are the spaces you've got. So it helps businesses um, by being smarter with space, it, it helps them reduce the amount of floor space they've got. So it should, if you do it correctly, it should reduce your, your, your estate costs. Okay, interesting. A lot of this depends on exactly how you define productivity, I guess. How do you think about that when you're designing a collaboration space? The only reason I can see for moving to activity-based working is you want to make your environment much more efficient, so easier for your, your staff to work in, make them happier in that space because it's more fit for purpose, it gives them what they need, and therefore the outcome of that should make them more productive. Give them that space where they can get together they can exchange ideas then they can go back and do that deep work you know that when you sit down first thing in the morning and have a quiet space and everything that's in your head comes out i think the the whole productivity piece is the key if you can't make your staff more productive then you really got to question why you're why you're undertaking the project hmm. so in terms of managing the space itself is it like, do you think about it in terms of like density of desks or, I mean, what other, what other kind of things do you look at in particular? Yeah. So it's really up to the customer and, and, and it boils down to, to their requirements. If you look at some businesses have, you know, that there's a general inertia to, to, to transitioning to that sort of environment because they are a very traditional business, you know, and you know, and, and I haven't done that much work in the legal sectors, but legal services, but, you know, legal houses generally, you know, quite traditional financial services where I've done a bit of work in that, that they're generally quite traditional in, in their approach, you know, and it's moving them out of, transition them out of that traditional sort of mindset to a new flexible sort of way of working and, and try and, you know, not, not obviously jolt them out of it, so, but try and take them on a journey that, that moves them into that new, that new mindset. So every business is different and, the requirements from a staff perspective change as well. So, you know, they might have teams that are very static. And in some cases, you know, broadly, they're, they're going to always sit in the same spot and they're going to have the same, you might not lower um, the amount of desks by much. But then you have other departments or other, other businesses that are very transient by nature and have a lot of sales staff or a lot of traveling staff. And so therefore, then you've, you've got a bit more freedom to, to reduce desks and to look at the other spaces that, that can be allocated to them. And, and so it, it's really, there's no confidence from the customer level, how far they can push it. You know, the idea that you lose your fixed desk can be a bit of a shock to, to, to a lot of staff. And how, how far can you push that concept? Businesses have varying comfort zones. So... How do you, in terms of this transition out of the traditional mindset, this is something that, you know, I, I've certainly seen also. How do you think about that when you're on a project, basically, maybe not necessarily at the beginning? Yeah. How do you do that? Do you uh, so, that? 
I've been very lucky. I've always worked with sort of change specialists and, you know, you get a, a change manager in or a change consultant who's done it before. And they're very good at, at working with, with staff on a, on their sort of level and bringing them out on a journey that says, you're going to lose your desk. You're going to lose access to the paper you've got around you. Your storage is going to change. You're going to have to go to a locker and, and collect your stuff in the morning. And, you know, the, I'm a, an IT project manager by by trade and I like to get things done. So I've had to learn to listen, I think, is and working with the change teams, you, there's a really good approach that you can take. You have to be patient. The concept where you bring people on a journey and they transition from from A to B, but it's not just moving from A to B in, in a single day. It's getting prepared. It's the right messaging and the stuff like that. And with, with new technology, there's always the training and the adjustments and, you know, the process changes and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, there's there's sometimes a lot to get you for the normal um, working colleague who just wants to get on and do their job. That transition, there's, there's a lot a lot to be picked up and understood because let's face it, um, for most people, moving to a new desktop environment, moving to a new IT tool like Teams or something like that, or, or adopting a new room booking system is not particularly high on their priority list the, yeah. these guys are finance guys and they look at spreadsheets they're worried about numbers they're busy people listening and don't drop them in it is probably the best advice i can give <laughs> yeah yeah can you think of a, a particular case where you changed a workflow or a team area and it really helps them work together better i mean how does how does that work when it does <laughs> Well, I mean, one of the most radical changes we did was we, we did move the whole head office, about 350-odd people, to activity-based working at the same time as we did an office move, Okay. So, which is quite a good time in some ways, but it's just a, a lot of work, as I found out. <laughs> we moved them from a very sort of legacy office setup in terms of the technology and in terms of the setup, uh, the office itself. It was very siloed. It was an old building. It was horrible. Um, the roof leaked. It was terrible. And so I, I came to work one day and well, I I'd only just started and there was water everywhere and <laughs> half the floor was off. So I had to go and sit there and work somewhere else. So, I mean, it, it was, you couldn't write it actually. And so we moved that lot from a very horrible traditional base working environment and to a very open plan, well laid out office space and we had variable working environments there so we had meeting rooms reduced number of meeting rooms but smaller meeting rooms with a sort of polycom equipment very flexible so you could you could just slot your laptop in and then you could start a teams meeting or a, or a skype meeting and you know we brought forward room booking as well an environment like that and so of course were quite major changes we had sort of open plan meeting rooms with a tv just a tv for collaboration and we just had that wireless technology so you, you just set your laptop down you select the tv put in your pin code and then you can start sharing your content on on the on the television so you know relatively basic stuff in, in the grand scheme of things but the transition was actually went very well and the the go live day it wasn't without problems there was a few a few things that came up but they moved to a, they'd already moved to a new desktop environment, and so as soon as they walked into the, the new office, they could sit down and work. The big concern from everyone was desks. Was there going to be enough desks? And second of all was the changing your monitor settings. So every time you sit in a new desk, because you're hot desking, your monitor settings change. 
by the end of uh, the morning of day two, that issue was with the chief executive. Okay. <laughs> by by end of day three, that issue had completely gone because everyone had changed their monitor settings three times and now knew how to do it. <laughs> we did warn them and they, they knew it was coming. Yeah. Also by about day three, the, the people started getting used to the difference in spaces, what was activity-based working really was. And they just naturally started migrating throughout the office into the different working spaces. The, the effort we'd put in with training and stuff like that before we moved paid off because they were booking. There was, there's very little, very little issues with the room booking system. We'd, we'd, we'd covered that before they'd moved and there was literature in the rooms telling me how to use the equipment and we transitioned to a new IT service provider at the same time, but we had floor walking staff in there as well. So that, that covered a lot of the, the pain points for, for the staff. And it, it wasn't perfect, but, um, you know, that, that's, that transition from a very siloed, very old office, very traditional working was pretty much successful within about three days of landing in the new office, open plan office. And, it, you know, had, they'd been through the change process, they'd been through training elements and they adapted actually very, very well to the new environment. Do you know how their working patterns changed communication patterns? What kind of company was this, by the way? Uh, so they're an internet services company, uh, global okay. internet services company. Yeah, I mean, so I, I always see it comes from the technology lens. So looking how they're adopting technology is, is, is the way I sort of see it. And so mm -hmm. the stuff like Microsoft Teams that we that was just come out, we'd put that on the desktop and that was being utilized very, very well within the organization. So people would remote with the new desktop design, we'd gone with a, a always on VPN solution. So that means that soon as you are on an internet connection, a VPN forms in the background on your laptop and connects you back to the data center and, and to your resources that you need. So people had a, sh a huge amount of flexibility that they didn't have within the old office environment, the old desktop build. Mm -hmm. So they're encouraged to, if they were going to walk, walk, work from home, if they needed to, you know, work from home, if you can, if you wanted to, if you're on sales and you needed to, rather than come into the office for, for 10 minutes and then go out, which, you know, go and go to a coffee shop somewhere and do some work and then go to the, the appointment, that sort of thing. So there was less, you know, trying to reduce that. Um, time and transit for, for staff members and and give them the comfort and the, and the tools they need to work remotely. So that went quite well. Uh, the, and it helps if you have a, the right people on board and you get the desktop build right. Um, and that gave the organization a huge amount of flexibility. So they started working downstairs in the nice coffee shop and stuff like that as well. So if you ever wanted to find anyone, you couldn't see them on the floor, but you knew they were in the office. There was a, a nice coffee shop in the building uh, that had a good internet connection and you, you'd have to pop down and find them down there. So um, I think the, the flexibility to work remotely was a big, big positive. And what's the, I guess the, just the, you know, the smaller stuff, you don't need to book a meeting room for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you can just migrate to the open space. And if you've got a TV there that you can collaborate on, you know, just if that, just move over there and get your colleagues and, get around and you know talk through whatever whatever the problems are you've got and you know get together and problem solve and, and collaborate face to face and you know that's that's obviously going to be an issue now for, for the foreseeable future yeah. meeting rooms are specifically for more confidential discussions 
or where you need that, that WebEx or that, that sort of video conferencing functionality. How much of their workforce was remote, like outside of that particular office? So there was quite a lot of, it was actually remote workers splashed all around the organization, some of them internationally as well, specifically home-based remote workers. So I can't remember, it wasn't that many, maybe less than 100, I think. So we had to make specific arrangements for, for getting equipment out to them. It was very unusual that they would be in the office, whereas for majority of staff, it was very it was generally unusual they'd be out of the office. But they were starting to work from home more often. I'm curious about Teams specifically. Was this company using any type of IRC chat type thing before, or, or was it just Link so far? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so Skype for Business, Link. I think that they were Microsoft House, I guess. Uh, they they used a lot of Microsoft products, and they were they transitioned through from Link and Skype for Business into to Teams. I, I think Teams is in itself is quite a good tool. It's easy to use and integrates quite seamlessly in with your, your Microsoft Office 365 environment. It's all there. It's quite simple to use and set up, although it can be made difficult. And then Teams is not the only tool out there that does that. Slack's a good tool. There's loads of them out there that are sort of coming through. But if you're going to move to activity-based working, if you're going to change your office environment, traditionally people are used to sitting in the same desk. They've got the same four colleagues or six colleagues or whatever it is they have around them. And they're probably there for a good reason because they work closely together. So they need to facilitate. They have that communication. They see their pal at the desk. Oi, did you hear this? Can you do this? You know, they can have those conversations really, really seamlessly. And they have that connection with each other. As you move to activity-based working, you're sort of breaking apart those, those connections because you're encouraging people to sit where you need to sit for the day, you know. But I'm going to do a bunch of work with the finance department today. I'll just grab my laptop and I'll go and sit by the guys I need to work with and we'll get a bunch of stuff done. So you're kind of breaking those those connections and it's, it's hard on people. One one company I went with, that, that didn't, a lot of them had worked there for 10 plus years. They'd sat amongst each other for, you know, for all that time. And now I was coming in saying, no, 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 we're going to move to hot desking or flexible working or activity-based working. And, you know, they, they saw those partnerships and those relationships being pulled apart. So while there's no way to prevent that, you, a tool like Teams helps people stay connected in, in its rawest format. It's a simple tool. You can chat online. You can push a button, and then you, we can connect and speak with each other and see each other on the video. And it, it's not the same, obviously, and it's not as good as, as if you and I were sitting there working day in, day out together in the same, the same spot. But it does help bridge that gap. And I think it's very important that, and it's not so much from a communication space, you know, from a shared workspace with the collaboration features, you know, having that that space that you can dump a bunch of documentation in or you can dump a bunch of updates and, you, and your team can see it and work on stuff together, you know. While it's not the same as being in the office together, it's not the same as having a whiteboard and, you know, writing up all your stuff and, and, you know, working together, it, it's something that helps facilitate that like, working together. I think it's probably the, the best bit of the thing where you can explain it, you know, it's something that helps facilitate keeping you connected, keeping that team spirit to, to some degree going, even though half the guys are, are working from different locations or sat in different locations around the building for the day. 
it's an important part of I think an important part of, of teamwork as I look at it and, and being a project manager and you go into different environments that team ethos is very very important you know people don't just work for each other just because they're they've got the same logo on the, on their chest teams are built over a time they have a lot of shared experiences and that's why changing can be difficult uh, or changing how a team works you, you've got to find ways to keep that spirit and that ethos and the, everything good about a team um, you, you've got to find a way to help facilitate that and teams is just one as a small step in, in trying to do that when you're working in, in separate locations yeah i'm really trying to pay attention lately to like tools and techniques and workflow. That's almost like the work environment on your own personal setup. Yeah. <laughs> so it, obviously it's not like physical space, but it's almost like the digital space and how you interact and how easy it is to interact and, and all that. These little details about the button being right in a very handy place ends up actually being quite relevant. <laughs> so social media, yeah, I've, I've got a habit of exploding on social media sometimes if I'm, if I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> I have me known to hit the keyboard and hit send and then going, oh, God, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's a, yeah, it's a dangerous mechanism of, of communication. We started talking about the current circumstances, like what are your thoughts about organizing workspaces in, in companies and, and personal ones, I guess, too? Yeah, so COVID-19 has, has really shaken things up. It's a bit of a tough, tough time to, to be trying to work because, you know, a lot, a lot of industries are getting trashed right now. And there's some people that are coping and I'm lucky enough at the moment that I've got enough work to keep me going for the, the short-term future. Some businesses are really getting hammered. And, you know, if this goes on for a long period of time, it, it's going to get very, very difficult for, for, for businesses to keep going. But I think for the ones who can keep going, I the way I've been looking at it, and I had a long conversation with a client yesterday about this, it's really when when is the office going to open up again? You know, when... Our organization is going to allow staff back into the office. Now, I assume um, for, for the, to allow staff back in the office in the current climate, you're going to have to be socially distancing. So you're not going to be able to add all, allow all staff back in. You're going to have to say these people or the, the people who for personal reasons can't work from home or, you know, then you're going to have to um, come into the office and you'll come into the office under these circumstances and you know the, the the rules will apply so there's big discussions going in around hygiene you know for instance should you be um sharing desks that's one should you be sharing keyboards and mice and there's some really interesting debate because hygiene's about cleaning as well so if you've got a your own desk back and it's still got all your own papers and stuff like that then it's going to be a very, very difficult environment to clean. Hmm. So for those who, organizations who don't work in the clear desk environment, if you're thinking you're going to have people back in the office, you might want to consider going around and clearing off all the desks that are going to be used. Get them clean, as clean as you can possibly get them. And then, you know, then the, the debates around if they're shared or if they're not, will people have their own keyboards? Um, and mice and stuff like that. So wireless options that you, you have a keyboard and mouse that you keep for yourself and then you just go and hook it up to your, your machine and that sort of debates are all to be had. 
there's that interim period. But at some point, this is going to end. And the businesses, organizations are going to be encouraging people who probably acclimatized to working from home, have got their office set up right, you know, and those who had the right tools available from the technology perspective, the people like me are quite comfortable at working from home, who don't necessarily need to be in a, in a team 24-7, then you've got to encourage those guys back to the office at some point and assuming that the social distancing measures have, have changed and that you, you it's back to relatively back to normal. Um, and I think that environment is going to change quite a bit. I think that's that transition from everyone socially distancing. And then there's that sort of interim piece, short term, very short term. Suddenly people have got more flexibility. They understand they don't need the paper. They understand that they, they can work using teams or other collaboration tools. You know, they're really, they're pushing those at the moment because they have to. The office could, could change. I think attitudes could change as well. And it, it's hard to sort of estimate what that, that, how profound that change will be at this at this point. So where I see a big change, you know, it, is it going to is it going to be the norm that all the office is in all your team is in the office together on the same days? Probably not. Probably going to be the exception that you have to say, right, let's get everyone organised to be in the office on this day. So we can churn through this work um, or we've got an event or, or something like that it was a team building exercise. So that's going to put more dependence on the video conferencing type solutions. Mm. Because if you're going for your, your daily stand up. And to be honest, I'd, I'd always advise actually as a, for a stand up to, to everyone to be in the office because otherwise a stand up doesn't really work. If you're going to have a stand up or something like that, you know, Chances are, or you're going to have a, a team meeting with some important stuff coming down from, from management. Chances are you're not going to have everyone in the office. So you're going to need a big room or you're going to need a room with video conferencing or everyone's going to need to sit at their desk and do video and, and video conference and have the, have the session. So there's going to be a huge, I think, more and more dependence put on those sorts of technologies. And I think organizations will have to be looking at their floor space in general and how that's going to, and how that's being utilized. So say if on average a third of the your office is out, you know, there's a third of the space that's that's disappeared that you could do other stuff with and that might change what you go and what you look for in your next office. So understanding how space is being utilized, I think will be quite important. So that that concept of occupancy monitoring, I know it's not popular by by, by colleagues or staff because they don't like the idea of being monitored. But understanding how floor space has been utilized, central London floor space is quite expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's, if, if it's not being utilized and you can shrink what you, your operations and you can shrink what you're doing by adopting flexible working strategies and you know, using, the, using technology to, to help you understand your requirements. And, and then you know, you, the organizations post COVID might find themselves with a smaller London floor space, you know, mm-hmm. so less floor space in London. Maybe I'm augmenting that with WeWork type office spaces and stuff like that. It could be a transition that way. So, you know, you want to encourage people to be in the office as well. Why though? I'm just playing devil's advocate, I guess, but I mean, yeah, why necessarily? So, 
So I think we're going to have to like get a crowbar in under some people and to get them out of their house. Um, and me, <laughs> me being me being one of them. <laughs> Why am I going to the office? I have to get a train in, and and I've got to go through all the COVID hotspots to get into the office. <laughs> Just going back to the point of, of why when you work at home, actually working at home can be very siloed. You sort of get in your ways. It's not the most collaborative. You, you lack that tapping someone on the shoulder, having a quick conversation, seeing someone in the hallway and go, oh, actually, I do need to speak to you. You lack that interaction. And I think some of those interactions are very positive and, and quite important. And it's easy to get set in your ways. So I think to have a a an office space that when you go to it, when you get there, you know, get out of bed early, get your train, get you know, it meets your needs. You've got the different areas. You've, you know, it's easy to book a meeting room. I can book a meeting room on my mobile if I have to. If I need to book a desk, I can book a desk. You know, if, if you know, there's the right facilities there. I know how to use the, the video conferencing equipment because it's, it's straightforward. It's been well thought out, well planned. The, the meeting room facilities are, are what I need. Then, as a, as a staff member, you, you're going to go there. You're going to be um, happier you're going to be more efficient because you've booked what you need to do. You've got organized for your day that you're in the office. And I think that'll make you more productive. And I think people are going to need that encouragement from a, from a business perspective. You want people to want to work there. You want people, you want to retain like your, your talented individuals that make, make your business what it is. And if you're not giving them an environment that they're going to be, happier in and they're going to be efficient in and giving them the tools um, from a technology perspective from a, a, a workplace management perspective then i think uh, there's a good chance that they'll sort of look around pop their head up and look around for, for something better so encouragement i think is is probably the correct term but it, it may not be yeah i mean I, i'm kind of in the same boat as you i mean i've, I've worked from home for a while and worked in an office for a while and yeah. even before COVID and I'm just yeah, still struggling a little bit with where actually is better for, for me personally. We, we're quite lucky, I think. And, and maybe, let me know if this is not accurate, but I, you know, I think we, we have a sort of our own business. We have a certain amount of autonomy and flexibility when we're, we're working with clients. So I think from from that perspective, you know, we, we kind of have the option to choose where you work. And I'm not sure that those who are more permanent members and people of more permanent jobs, and I'm not sure they have that flexibility to, to make a choice. You know, it de depends on who they're working for. And then, you know, they, they just find that the, the manager says or the, the boss, the, whoever it is, says, you know, you're in the office for these times and, you know, the whole team's in the office. Yeah. That, that's sort of it and some industries do do that i like the best of both worlds i do like the the team environment i do like when you get into a project getting a team together working together going in seeing people solving problems on the whiteboard getting into the you know but then also that, that nice working from home where you, your kitchen's just out the door there and you can go and see the kids if, you, if you're having a, a tough time you can take the dog for a walk then that that's also uh, a big positive, but unfortunately, you, you don't get the best. Well, you kind of do get the best of both worlds if you if you split it up correctly. But you know, when you're in the office and you've got to catch the train in, it's a, a big days. 
do you have any thoughts about organizing personal workspaces at home when you're especially under the current conditions? Yeah, I sympathize. I think there's there's a lot of people who are doing it tough and it's not easy. It depends on your personal situation. If you've got kids and you're in a small central London flat, if you're a single parent or you're a, you're married and both parents are trying to work and you've got limited space to work from and then you've got kids around, I, I assume those people are going to be really want to go back to the office. <laughs> mm. I, I think those are very difficult circumstances. You might be quite senior and you've got a lot of responsibility at work and, you know, other people are in a better situation than you so they can allocate more time. The physical aspect of it as well, you don't have the right chair, you don't have the right desk, your back sore, your neck sore, you can't work hard enough because you're busy and you know you've you've got to stop and and go for a walk and and try and relax yourself. So I think it's very very difficult under the current circumstances for for a lot of people. Again, because I've, I work from home regularly, I've sort of set up a space for working from home. I mean, it's not the perfect office, as you can see behind me. It's a bit of work, but I've got a desk that that's fine. I've, I've got like um, I'm like a bracket that I step my laptop up on and stand it up and then use my wireless keyboard and mouse. And that makes a huge difference to my posture. Um, it's made a big difference to working from home for me. Those simple things of of ordering a wireless keyboard and mouse, get your laptop, stand it up and make it higher and that 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 will help but if you're in the wrong if you haven't got the right facilities in your house and you you have, you've got loads of kids and you know other other you know you might have other stuff it's not just kids yeah i think the working from home dynamic at the moment must be very very tricky and very trying on patients yeah. Yeah. especially if you've got a stressful job um, there's no doubt about it I'm kind of the same as you. I ended up getting a standing desk because of the back issues. So. Right. <laughs> and they're good. They're really good, apparently. I mean, I've never really used them that much, but apparently they're very, very good. So. Yeah, I mean, it's good. The one I have from Ikea, I, mean, you put it, I can put it down to like normal sitting position if I want, but I usually just spend most of the day standing, actually, and just have more energy later. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good Help. for your posture as well. Right? Yeah, exactly, if exactly. You, no, I, I, just to reiterate that, I, people's needs all, all differ. And it's very easy to get in that mindset that you just get your laptop and you go and work from home. But personal, if you're at home by yourself all the time anyway, for whatever reason, you probably don't want to sit at home for days on days and not see anyone or not work with your team. You know, you want to be in the office. Hmm. So, and then the physical aspects, not having the facilities, having sore backs, you know, too many distractions and you know it, it, it's very very tough on some people one more thing i still wanted to ask about teams that are distributed it's one thing to talk about you know the office in london but then i was on a team of like 30 people that were distributed quite broadly do you have any thoughts or perspectives on that that might be useful yeah these are different different sort of time zones and countries spread out yeah from a technology perspective those are relatively easy to solve so long as you know, although some environments are very complex, but if you're in this, logically in the same organization, those those problems are an easy to resolve. To resolve, when you've got different organizations coming together, but you want to have a shared like collaboration environments, then connecting, you know, a your environment with their environment can be a bit tricky and and can need a little bit of thought to go into the, the security aspects around that. So one thing I did with a, an IT partner that I work with quite closely is 
we we sort of federated our teams environments together so my my teams environment could, could connect with theirs and i could contact them on teams and we had shared workspaces together that mm. we'd work on stuff so that bridged the gap a little bit and it made it easier for us to work together so those that shared collaboration tool set i think is is, is quite important but then you've got the logistics of mm-hmm. working together and communication is something that i've had to work on for a long time how much attention I, I pay and listen to other people and then try and understand the world from their perspective as well rather than just being a, the project manager sort of waltzes in and we've got this to do and get on and do it when you've got other cultures you've got different time zones you've got the accents that change so it makes sometimes when you're working with people from abroad you know and you the, if you're having a um, an intense conversation, there's a pressure on on the team for whatever reason. Comprehending what they're telling you with the accents, with their understanding of of English, and then their baseline on their culture as well, because you know how they view view communication based on 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 on, on their culture is very, might be very different from from the English culture as it might be from from Polish culture. Yeah. So. Even though you've got the technology that can give you a shared workspace that can help you communicate, just understanding each other and what you're telling each other, it can be very difficult, even, even with all that together, you know, and good practices like, you know, good team spirit always helps, you know, fostering that, that environment where you can get stuff raised without getting your head bitten off. If you're giving bad news, you don't shoot the messenger, you know, just the basics like that. It really helps. And you can have all the technology in the world and it can yeah. be wired as you'd perfectly as you wish but if you've got those you don't get those basics right of working internationally of working collaboratively then you know you, you'll fall over and I've, I've had that problem in the past <laughs> and i've had to learn from it yeah i mean I, yeah that, I, I suspect everybody has <laughs> yeah <laughs> nowadays there's a, there's a really good book actually i can't remember the author um that i read and it was all about international communities and how they communicate mm-hmm. from business lens and mm-hmm. uh, my, my wife bought it for me. So I must have been swearing about how badly things were going. <laughs> <laughs> so suddenly I got, I got it in, this, in, in, in my Christmas stocking. There was this book uh, about communication yeah. and, and the international from other perspective of other cultures. So it's well recommended. I'll have to find it for you and put it in the comments. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, great. I wanted to ask, so if, if somebody wanted to get started, get in touch with you, how would they do that if they were interested in a, in a, in a project now? Is there anything in particular that you want to? Yeah, there's a few things I'm doing, actually. I'm a little bit of a crossroads, to be honest, the, the way the, the sort of world's changing. So I'm working with some some guys, I mean, potentially standing up a, a consultancy that's going to try and revolutionize moving workloads uh, into cloud services. And the idea is to make it cheaper, basically, but much more efficient. So it's a difficult um, conundrum to to break. But so there's we're more about it in the near future, actually. But which is exciting. But also, I'm still work very much on helping businesses with either their finding their IT partners, you know, transforming their IT environment to to something that they need and enhancing the, the working space for their staff members. And it's, it's the, the IT world now is, has been rocked and there's going to be a lot of, and the business world has been rocked. There's going, to, there's going to be a lot of change coming. 
no one's really sure what that change might look like. We've all got our theories. Um, and so it's when the, the dust settles, I think it'd be a lot of work to be done to get businesses stared up again, to help them out, help reduce costs, to help them be more efficient so they can get to work better. There's gonna be some, some casualties out there, unfortunately. Basically, you, you kind of want to be here to help. But So if anyone wants to get in contact with me, SansomIT is my website, uh, SansomIT.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, so James Newson, James SansomIT, LinkedIn. And then there's James at SansomIT.com. That's my email address. Okay, great. That's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for hopping on. Yeah, I appreciate it, Luke. It's, it's good to, to meet up. I found the idea of activity-based working to be quite intriguing during this discussion. Um, it's kind of like a, a more deliberate redesign of the physical space in the office uh, and trying to get it to be more aligned with what the actual business outcomes are. Um, I think that's a great mindset uh, as we do go back to more of a hybrid work style in the future or even when working at home. Uh, I think it's quite a a useful way to think about it in, in terms of, you know, what do you want to achieve? And then what does, what does productivity actually mean? And then how do you, how do you structure things so that it's, it's useful for you, uh, both in terms of being productive and then also from the point of view of a company, um, what actually is the optimal, uh, breakdown and proportions of, uh, spaces for people versus uh, being able to uh, be more flexible yeah with with the obvious implications uh, around uh, how teams work uh, what the financial implications are of having let's say less people in the office um, kind of an interesting combination it's nice that it's 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 possible to to go in that direction so tune in next time and uh, hope to see you then Thanks for listening to this episode of the Align Remotely podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 